Welcome to Spiritually Raw. We expose and explore controversial truths, myths, and theories surrounding the spirit world. Guests include QAnon experts, investigators, debunkers, and skeptics of the supernatural, unexplained, and flat-out unimaginable. Content discussed on this show is not necessarily the opinion of the cast of Spiritually Raw, and topics quite often are for mature audiences only. This show is not intended to replace any medical, financial, or legal advice, and is for entertainment purposes only. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's uh, Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I'm 67 years old. I'm still doing landscaping because I have to because of those things anyway. Um, but I do really heavy work. I don't look behind me. That's a wheelbarrow full of 150 pounds of fertilizer, which I got to put out in that belly busting thing. And normally any other time, if I weren't taking the hemp work CBD, um, I wouldn't be able to move at the end of the day. So I'm telling you, it really works. It's really real. It's hemp works, like with an X, like Kathy with a K. It's good stuff. Hello, everybody. How are you? And welcome to Spiritually Raw. Thank you very, very much for your energy exchange with us today. As always, we hope you woke to the most miracle morning and are also having the most fortunate day today. Michael Feely, former United King police officer, is here with us today. And man, he's got a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of cool stuff. He's been around the block. Okay. So, he's a you're code gonna, breaker. yeah, he's a code breaker <laughs> and spiritual life coach. But anyway, April, get you up to speed on Michael. Thank you very, very much for staying connected with us. We do appreciate that. Um, so, the best way, as you know, is through, you know, the best way really is Telegram. So, there's going to be a link in the description below. Click on Telegram. We post all of our stuff there. You'll get notified there when we get great guests on like Michael. And of course, those of you who are members of spirituallyrod.live, thank you very much. Much love for you to that or to to you for that. And remember, everybody does get three days for free and you'll be able to watch all of our episodes completely uncensored. So that's great. On and that, yeah. for those of you um, that are new to the channel and you're like, oh my gosh, why did the video suddenly stop? The full video is there all, all the full videos are on spirituallyrod.live and all the links are right there in the descriptions, right at the top of the description. So yeah. <laughs> With that being said, let's introduce Michael. Michael. You guys are going to love Michael. Wait till you hear this. Michael Feely is a former UK police officer and now an ancient ancient code breaker and spiritual life coach. He's authored seven books and several ebooks. Michael is a public and international conference speaker and global radio contributor. He's appeared on Coast to Coast with George Nori, and he also recently filmed and presented a documentary series on iconic TV, which of course is David Icke. And he's also appeared on the iconic film about extraterrestrial existence on earth, also featuring David Icke and Eric Von Daniken. Michael is a multiple paranormal UFO experiencer and has personally witnessed dimensional portals opening up right before him, emanating unorthodox crafts. And he's also had numerous UFO sightings day and night. And he has seen an ET face to face. Well, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't think anything will. <laughs> Michael, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, it's nice, nice listening back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you deserve it, man. There's a lot of cool stuff. So let's dive in if we can get the audience to get to know you, if that's okay with you. Um, your backstory, what's the attraction to all of this world, the UFOs, the extraterrestrials, the different dimensions, the portals? What, where, how, when, how did the police officer? Yeah, when did the attraction start? What happened for me is I always wanted to be a, a police officer, and it took me a long, long time to actually get into that career. It's a difficult career to get into. But but once you once you are in, then it is a thirty year career. It is a career for life, and that is why I what I expected to do. It was my first marriage. It was something that I that, that I expected just to work and 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 for thirty years, and then leave, retire, and then have the life of leisure. Seventeen years in, uh, the the universe or whatever decided against that and, and decided something different. I began to experience a lot of should we say, otherworldly things. And it was pretty much every day, every night, 
that something would happen to me. So I really started to become a, a multiple experiencer of UFOs, of, of dimensional portals, of what you would deem to be earthbound spirits, ghosts, whichever you, you wish to, to, to term them. Uh, one of them actually took me back to their time, which was in the past, 159 years in the past, consciously, to oh, a different... A <clears throat> Did something happen in your life? Was it an accident in an automobile accident did you have an illness that you're unconscious and then all of a sudden something happened no it, it was a it, it was a story that that had been with me for for quite a long time and there was a, a victorian teenager from the year 1850 which i didn't i didn't realize how far back it went but one morning on the anniversary of her death she'd been suffocated by her stepfather uh on the anniversary of that which is 159 years in, into my time then on February the 9th, 1850, she was suffocated and killed. On the 9th of February 2009, I was taken back from my sleep state to her time event to to, to witness her last moments of life, which, which really traumatised me. It took me six months to get over that. It took me six months to be able to sleep in bed with the light off. And it really, really sort of rocked my world. And it was it was really, that was a pinnacle moment for me. Uh, either why, side of that... Why, why are you... Are you a reincarnated version of her? Or are you connected in some way? What happened was uh, my, my wife's childhood home where she grew up was actually built upon the farmland that this girl used to live in, in Victorian times. So, so, so uh, my, my wife's house was really pretty much bang on, on, on the location. So it was with my wife for her life. And then when myself and my wife got together, then I inherited the story. I inherited the, the energy. What I didn't realize at the time or what we didn't realize at the time, because we'd be having windows smash inside of our house from the inside, we'd have lots and lots of poltergeist activity happening in the house. There was one occasion where I actually felt an attempted possession of, of my body. What, I, what we didn't realize at the time is that we also had the assailant with us as well. So not only did we have the victim, but we also had the assailant in, in the spiritual world around us. Oh Were her God, wife you gave me chills. getting the internal uh, changes that happening to her too? Was she getting um, was she getting possessed? Was she getting taken to different places also? Or was that really more for, more for you? It was more for me, but she was feeling it in other ways. So she was still sensing it. She, you know, she we, we were both in the same room when when the central eating radiators would just switch themselves off, when different things would, would be happening. She would also be sensing it. She'd be sensing the, the eerie feeling in the house. She'd be, you know, we, we both smell flowers on, on, on the Sunday the 8th, which was the day before the, the anniversary. And we didn't realize what the flowers were for, but that was to mark the anniversary of her passing. And so we, we, we experienced ultimately a lot of it together. But the pinnacle, the end moments branched out in, into individuality for, for me. And I, I consciously and I vividly, even now as we're talking, vividly remember the the old creaky wooden bedroom, that, which was the crime scene. And, and I remember being there now. What did you, uh, when you walked away from the uh, police force after 17 years, what did you say to them? What was your, what, was it, did you make any reference of life changing for you or a different thing? Was it, was it a very much of a, hey, I'm just going to do my own thing? I got to go. <laughs> now, what, what happened was I, I, I was so traumatized by it. My wife was so traumatized by it that we, uh, we went in one morning to work. I can't remember how long after the events, but within weeks of the event. And we were still so traumatized. We spoke to, an inspector who is it was an equivalent in, in your terms as a lieutenant mm -hmm. and sergeants who were, were in charge of, of my my team and it was a difficult conversation because you know it's one thing to say you know i've had enough of this career now i found another job I'm, I'm leaving but it's a bit different to saying i've just been 159 years in the past to, to witness the the murder of a victorian teenager that is a difficult conversation to have now even i i, I would say that they probably they couldn't understand what we we're saying. That they have no relevant. That it was no relevance to them. That there's no empathy that they could share because they had not been through that. But what what I can say and what they did say is that they knew me quite well as a person. They knew my wife quite well as a person. And what they could say and what was demonstrated to them that something had happened so devastating oh. that that it had changed us both. Yeah. So even though they may not have believed what we were saying, 
mm-hmm. they they could set they could see clearly see that they knew you well enough to yes yeah. how, how long yeah. after that did you did you and your wife decide that okay well you know maybe this needs to be somewhat of a profession for us this needs to be a calling for us and not just something that we're experiencing initially it, it was multiple experience and then as that developed it became understanding what had happened and it was really a case of our life has changed we are no longer compatible with our former life it's almost like we 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 suffered we, we had mm-hmm. a, a reincarnation but it was within the same life the same vessel the same the same reality but we both had a reincarnation into a new world into a new life and let's get clarity when you had the event happen did you say was it in a dream it was well it was a sleep state but it was what it was a sleep state i've had many times since that you know was not asleep it was a should we say a consciousness entanglement it, it was it was a remote viewing going back in the past and when when you look at the laws of physics the laws of physics in time reversal symmetry cater for backwards and forwards time travel it, it is within the laws of physics and and I, I did that not physically because i was still in 2009 in england in 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 my time but i went back 159 years to a different time event do you that was conscious entanglement do you mm-hmm. think you crossed timelines do you think that you and your wife have actually crossed timelines like you actually were like you know were a police officer and this and then all of a sudden you actually maybe crossed some version of a timeline where it seemed well maybe i'm not doing this i mean there's some some sort of parallel thing happen there possibly i've I've, we've also experienced parallel existences and and yes so so we've done that but this was slightly different this was going back into someone else's time event now when you look at how the universe is created and when you look at entropy low and high entropy which is order and disorder which is chaos and, and and how everything trends towards chaos when you get to maximum chaos maximum entropy there is no difference between the past the present and the future there is no time so time is really a perceptional thing but i've experienced time travel twice when i've gone back in time but also when i've received visitations from the past that have come to my time and what is simply happening is some some people believe that time is linear so you go backwards and forwards in a linear line but time is really cyclic it's a cycle it's a circle and if you and so really the beginning is the end the end is the beginning and if you can go in that cycle into another time event which may well still be happening may well still be occurring it's just happening in a different frequency to what our reality is then you can go back and forwards in time and as I say, I've experienced visitations where things have come forward in my time, and I've personally visited something backwards in time. So, yeah. so these these things are happening. What state of consciousness were you in when you went when you went to the time travel? Were you in a meditative state of any sort, dream state? Were you consciously just you went? No, no, it, it was really the the conclusion of of something that had been going on for quite a while. And what had happened is, through through the help of a medium who, who my wife had seen many years ago, and I'd also been to see this medium who was a family friend, she basically said that there was this, this girl around us that wanted us to look into her death, into her murder, because it it's really been undisclosed. And because of our profession at the time, we agreed to do that. We didn't, at that particular time, we didn't have a date. Now, mm-hmm. because, my, because my wife's housing estate was built just after the Second World War, so you're looking at, you know, the, the Second World War, 1939 to 1945. So we went back to 1945, which was the time when that estate would have been built. Little did I realise that we're, we're a long, long way out. You know, we're almost 100 years out, but we couldn't find anything. We had the name of the young girl. Her name was Sarah Jensen. We had that name. So I looked at, ev- I went to the Central Library of, of my town, and looked at every single death in England, Scotland, Wales and uh ireland for that name for that period of time from 1945 to the present day and couldn't find anything so we decided we decided we can't do anything we can't find anything we don't have a date we we've 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 done as much as we can it was when we actually made that decision over what we thought was a private lunch with just myself and my wife but evidently 
our words were actually repeated back to us, so we weren't the only people there. And it was repeated back verbatim. Once we'd made that decision, that's when things started to change, and that's when the windows would smash. That's when we'd have, you know, in, in effect, a stroppy teenager in, in our energy field. Uh, we Because what we'd stated that we promised to help. Was it because she was upset that you she felt that like you gave up? Or was she just trying to get your attention to be like, this is real and you need to look into it? What what she said was basically you promised to help me and you haven't. So oh, she was oh, she was upset. Oh, 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 and, okay. uh, and and basically this this medium promised to come and help us the next day, mm-hmm. and I'd arranged to to go and collect her from her from her house, which was about a forty minute drive, and basically from that moment on, we we had to leave our house because this was the Sunday evening, the eighth, the the basically a couple of hours before the, the time travel incident. And we had to leave our house because it was getting very, very eerie. And he was, he was, you could tell there was a real negative atmosphere. I mean, mm-hmm. we had to leave. Now, we went to my mother-in-law's house. She knew all about the story. And, and this really is where the, the time travel event happened because it was, it was the back end of, of, of a really bad day, you know, which was on the back end of a bad period of time leading up to the last day, which then was a bad period leading up to the pinnacle moment. So what was my state? My, my state was someone who'd had a bad day, but a paranormal bad day, not not a normal bad day. You know, you've, you've gone to McDonald's and there's a big queue. That's that's a different kind of bad day. This was a, a, a negative paranormal bad day. Mm-hmm. So we, we went there and this happened about 3.30 in the morning, say the Monday the 9th of February 2009. And I woke up in absolute hysterics, just, just screaming. And I say it was to traumatise me for six months. The, the next morning, I was just about to get into the car to go and pick up the medium or drive to go and pick up the medium. She rang saying, sorry, I can't help you. So I, 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 so I picked the phone up and said, yes, you will. I'm coming now. You are going to help us. This is what's happened since we spoke last. You are coming to help. And as we arrived at her doorstep, she was on the doorstep looking very, very agitated. And what she what she stated that she'd been a medium for many many years, and she'd never been frightened enough to leave her own house, which is why she was on the doorstep waiting for us. What had happened was the morning that she was coming to help us, her washing machine had lifted off the floor and wasn't even switched on. She said she put a coffee cup in the kitchen, and when she'd gone to to get the coffee, it had been moved into the living room on the windowsill, and something had put a silver spoon inside. So she's saying that this this really devastated her as well. To cut an extremely long, long story short, she came over to our house uh, and basically relayed the girl's story. The girl was speaking to her and she was relaying that story through Mm -hmm. to me. And then she put into some perspective exactly what had happened. And then it was at that time that we realised that we also had the assailant as well. She had such a difficult time with him, the assailant, that she was actually ill for five or six months herself. The medium... The the, 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 the the medium physically was okay. ill for five to six months after she she already had existing medical conditions anyway but 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 the, but, but, but the determination and the struggle with him uh really really made her ill but a, a final word that the the Sarah Jensen that the girl who'd been murdered mm-hmm. uh, final words to us through the medium were thank you I'm sorry and my favourite colours are pink and lilac, which at the time made no sense whatsoever. You know, you can understand the thank you and I'm sorry, but why is she saying my favourite colours are pink and lilac? A couple mm-hmm. of days after this, uh, my wife and I, my wife Sarah and I had, had, had been out for the day, and when we got back home, there was an artificial pink and lilac flower that had been left for us in the house. Oh, my gosh, uh, you've got, I've got chills. Oh. Do you, now, do you know yeah. after wow. you did this, um, when she thanked you, so... So there was validation. Then did she then move on? Has she moved on now? So, so she's yes. out. Of, she's out of your. She's out of your work energy feeling right now. So you know you don't have to deal with her anymore, right? I, I feel her when I'm talking about her, which is now, and I'm also buzzing as well. So when when, when I'm talking about the story, I was wondering about doesn't. that because <clears throat> I, your your camera or whatever is happening is uh, there's a there's a little bit of interference. And it's almost like a little bit of a delay. So I was wondering if maybe she was in the room or present. The, the assailant is out of the picture now have you been able to yeah. so he's been able to be released too right that's, that's has, has sarah crossed over is she in a good place now 
she she went on the actual day all over okay she she came back with a pink and lilac flower which was validation of of my favorite colors of pink and lilac so she she passed he passed but with with a fight and everything is now sorted but as i say when when i do speak about the story i can feel that the energy is is present mm-hmm. and that's what and that's yeah. why you're buzzing and that's why i'm buzzing yeah i got you you are uh, sure. you uh personally witnessed dimensional portals opening so i want to i want to talk about that in a second but i do want to ask you uh, before we get there so when you were able to pass both of them over what did that look like so you can help if you can help paint a picture for the audience michael so what does that actually look like when they're passing over do you see or is there the proverbial light that they walk through um what 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 is that what does that event look like again most of that work was done by the psychic medium and what what she said to us is that she actually walked her she walked her half way to where she should be and she also mentioned a light now when you look at a lot of things seem to mention light when you know the light at the end of the tunnel this that, and the other but when you look at again the the universal makeup the universal structure where everything is is created to one day fizzle out but at different time frames when you look at some since, since the time that we began this interview there are billions of subatomic particles that have flashed into existence and immediately flashed out of existence again to stop our body from disintegrating. When you look at their lifespan, which is a flash of light, to them, their perception of time, that may be a lifetime. When you look at our 70 years or so, to an outside observer, that is a flash, that is an instantaneous start and finish. That is a flash of light, but because of our perception of time is different, it feels a lot longer. But, but for something on the outside, it is just the same flash of light. So when the sperm match, meets the egg, and at the point of conception, it mimics and looks exactly like the solar sun, it is a flash. When we get extinguished from this, this experience, people see a flash of light, people see a light, which is really the flash at the beginning, the flash at the end that the subatomic particles experience. So light is a way of moving on to another frequency, of moving on to another place. And it's not so much dimensions, because dimensions are, are really just multiple angles to, to specify a point. It is the frequency within those dimensions that are what is pinnacle. And because the universe, the monochord, universe, one verse, verse metrical rhythm, it was created by sound. So when you have, you know, the monochord, the singularity, the one, the oneness, the stars, the planets, everything is, is the, the distance it is away from each other because of sound, because of the, the, the nodes of standing waves, because of cymatics. And everything that, that is in existence is largely a creation of sound. So we, we have all of these multiple dimensions, all of these multiple things that are happening on different levels, under different frequency levels. And this imprint, this experience, this this quantum data goes in, into the, the the everlasting fingerprint of universal quantum field. So and we that is where, where they ended up. We merge more with a frequency than a dimension then, so we ne- don't necessarily go to another place as much as we go to another vibration? We go to a place that is compatible with a vibration. And so, that you know, my, my father's house has many rooms. It, it, it has many dimensions it has many frequencies frequency the the universe and the dynamic stability has to cater for low frequency and high frequency that is so so when when people and planets go through a low frequency it is almost like a dark age when we go through a high frequency it's like a golden age now under dynamic stability and the balance of the universe it has to cater for both of those frequencies when a, when a, a lower frequency meets a higher frequency the lower frequency has to, by the laws of the universe, jump itself up and raise itself to match the higher frequency. So when people hear buzzing in their ears, what you what they are hearing is two frequencies passing each other, and the lower frequency is skipping to match the higher frequency. And that is the buzzing, that, 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 the, the tuning that they can hear in their, in their ears. Is so frequency is- really is a universal thing. Is it resisting the higher frequency? Is it, is it is there a resistance or is it just... Or is it trying to get your attention? It's not resisting because the, the laws the, the laws of the universe is that it much raises energy. So, so when, for argument's sake, when a high frequency being enters a room, then 
if it enters a room of low frequency beans, the low frequency beans will raise to match the higher frequency bean. So that is how a lot of off-world help is being sent to us. Just just the, the presence of something of a high vibration raises all those around. So okay. frequency really is, is a pinnacle thing and it is a, it is a pinnacle help. But Sarah and her uh, stepfather went back to a place that would be compatible with that frequency. Gotcha. So when some when you get you're all day long, oh my ears are ringing, my ears are oh my ears are ringing now. Does that mean that a higher frequency energy just stepped into your energy field, and that's what's causing it? It is the presence of a higher frequency that has that has entered my space, and it is also the presence of a lower frequency that is raising itself to match that whatever that presence is it it, it is raising itself to to match so there are there is a lot of occasions when i feel things around me there's a lot of occasions when i feel information sacred secret information being implanted into my head sometimes it can be quantum equations that are planted in my head sometimes i can be be asleep and have mathematical equations pop into my head that i work out the next day which leads me back to Last last time was the square root of nine three seven, which took me back to ancient Egypt and the mystery schools. Mm -hmm. So there can be lots and lots of quantum equations. Uh, the the quantum equations I'm getting now is, is all to do with angular velocity, and I know that it's to do with with a physics that we don't know yet, which is space travel. I do I do know that the quantum equations that are expanding upon Einstein's e equals m c squared. So the, there's a lot of things being given to me, and and that requires the presence of a higher frequency. Let me ask you about uh, dimensional, cool. <laughs> uh, very cool stuff you got going on here, uh, Michael, but dimensional portals opening that you've actually witnessed. What does that look like? Can you paint us a picture of when you saw one or, or multiple? And what, what do they look like? If, and if you've seen more than one, do they all do they all look completely different? They do look, the, the ones that I've experienced do look different. I've, I've, I've been involved in, in portals at least three times. Now, the, the first one that I saw I was actually on night duty as a police officer with my my wife as my partner, and we were. It was a, a beautiful night, clear skies, and we were driving our patrol car, and we just looked up. and If you just imagine what looked to be a wormhole just going across the sky, and then the the end of that wormhole just opened up, and there's some kind of sphere, some kind of craft come out of the end of that wormhole. The yeah. wormhole then dissipated. And the craft continued across the sky for several minutes. So that was the first one. It had, it had evident, evidently come through some kind of gateway, some kind of portal. The second one we experienced was in, in for, for those who, who, who are aware of the Rendlesham Forest incident, this this was my Rendlesham Forest incident. It, I was with uh, my wife again and a friend in pitch black, dark forestry on a, an, an evening walk. And we were, we were so deep in, in the forest that you couldn't really see a foot or two feet in front of you. It was just pitch black. There's no roads. There's no accessibility. There's no pathways. You had to walk through dense forestry between the trees. And you, and did, you did this willingly? <laughs> say again, sorry? You did that willingly? <clears throat> yeah, we always used to go out on, on nighttime walks. But on this particular occasion, there, there, there's, there's a different sense, different sense to it. And as we were walking through the dense forest, pitch black, all of a sudden there was a, a pure white light just appeared and it was probably spanned about 30 feet wide, 30 feet in the air and just, just covered the area. It was completely silent, but it was so bright that you just couldn't look into the light. You just hurt your eyes to, to look into that light. Now, obviously we, we my wife's phone camera, which she had in her hand was, was literally taking pictures itself. She wasn't activating it, it was taking pictures itself. And when we look back at the, the, at the bright light, what we could see was lots and lots of orbs going in to this light. We couldn't we couldn't see that with a naked eye, and there's different colours. It wasn't just white. There was purples. There was pinks. There was different colours. So it seemed to me that there was there was things going into whatever this light was, whichever this portal was. Probably about 20, 30, 35 seconds, the light just vanished as quick as it came, and it went back to dense forestry again. Mm. So that 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 was really. <clears throat> the, the 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 second portal that the third one was for those who've have seen the movie Klaus Encounters of the Third Kind, when when members of the cast are just getting telepathic messages to go to this this mountain, <clears throat> that happened to myself, my wife, and two friends 
independently. And one evening we all had this real strong feeling that we needed to be at a particular place, which is about 60 minutes from where we all lived. And it was called the Clent Hills. Now, the Clent Hills is, is obviously a hill, which is about 250, 300 feet high. And it, it, it's the centre of four counties, four regions. <clears throat> there are four stand monoliths at the top of the Clent Hills, and there were four of us. And we all had the feeling that we needed to be there the next evening. And when we found our friend up and just, uh, our two friends up independently to say, we really feel like we need to be at the Clent Hills tomorrow night. Are you free? <laughs> and, and both of them individually said, we've got the same feeling. We need to, to be there. So we all got in the car that next evening. Before I got there, I was seeing mental images of, of, of what was going to happen. And what I saw was the four of us standing in, in, in the centre of the of the stand circles. And there was orbs coming from all directions at night to, to the centre. <clears throat> so we got there. There were four monoliths, four of us. We all, again, at the same time, we all had, all had the, the, the inclination that we needed to stand at one monolith each. And then we had the inclination that we needed to, to almost like a baseball home run, we needed to, to go to the next monolith until we'd returned to the original monolith. Now, the, the next, when, when I looked at the photographs, it was the exact same images that I'd received in my mind the day before. We were standing there and there was orbs coming from all directions to the centre of this circle. What we didn't realise at the time is that there was some kind of portal, some kind of gateway above us where these orbs were going <clears throat> through the monoliths and up into the gateway. So that that's free, at, at least free that I'm aware of that I've been involved in, in terms of portals. They don't all look the same, but they are basically gateways in, in the fabric of space. Three more, so, um... three more than most people. <clears throat> imagine have you um as you as you go through this um as you see these portals as you as you take a look at them um what has been the overall view or interpretation you've gotten from them <clears throat> in it that um so you've seen things is there any underlying message that you feel has been bought to you uh during these times or through these portals that you were okay michael hey we need you to see that we're real or um did it maybe enhance things for you was there any effect that happened after that what I what I've been told subsequently uh, is that in order for me to to speak about these things, I must have experienced them, mm -hmm. and not only experienced them, but understand them. Mm -hmm. And now what I've done now, I've looked at the mathematics and the science of what I've experienced, and I now have an answer for what I've experienced. So I, I come up with the phrase that you can't speak about wine without first having knowledge of the grape. Mm -hmm. So I had to experience these things in order to to be able to speak about them and tell people about them. The, the overall theme of, of what I've experienced is that reality is not what we're taught. Reality is not what we are told to believe. We are told that we are the only existence in the universe, that we are born, you work, you pay tax, you die. That is the end. That is that is that is programming incorrect programming the, the the overriding thing is that we are all eternal we are all recycled in some capacity when you look at the, the the body that i'm sitting in now and the body that you're sitting in now that is the result of an exploding dead star in the orion nebula that provided the oxygen the carbon that created my body so if i'm a if i'm a dead star still in existence when this gets extinguished it will live on in some other capacity because nothing is ever wasted. So people really need to to understand what reality is. They need to understand their part in that reality because only then can they release themselves from, from the chains of this programming that they are they just die, they just get extinguished and they are never seen again. Nothing is never seen again. Now the law of thermodynamics tells you that you cannot destroy energy. It, it exists in other in other guises somewhere you know and, and just put it this way if, if everybody who's listening now goes back to a fond childhood memory and thinks about that childhood memory because some scientists tell you that memory is the brain some say say it is cellular it is in the cells it is in the brain when you just thought of a childhood memory the cells that you have now are not the same cells that you had when that memory was created so therefore it is not cellular the brain is part of a larger computer, which is the universe. So our memories, our information, the, the evidence that we gather, the information that we gather in order to, to defrag and return back to singularity at some point, 
is stored in the quantum field, is stored in the quantum data. It is the library of the universe. So everybody has access to memories of not only ourselves, but to everyone else, of everyone else. And what happens when you, when you look at the original singularity, the, the central processing unit, if you imagine it as a gigantic computer, in order for the creator to speak back to itself, to speak to itself and relay information back to itself, it had to fragment. It had to fragment into trillions of pieces, which are aerials and transmitters to speak back to itself, to experience to itself. Now, when that becomes inefficient, like computers do, they will defrag and bring all of those pieces back to the central processing unit. That is what some people call the return to the one. So once we start, once we start realizing who we are and what we are, we are fragments of the of the supreme mathematical mind who created this universe. Then that sort of gives us a little bit more of an advanced state of what we are. So is there is there a benefit of uh, praying to a god of sorts? Um, you know, uh, asking a god of sorts for for things to come into our lives or get out of our lives. Is there any, or is there any value to that as you've seen it, as you've experienced to it, or are we going about it completely the wrong way? Well, we've been programmed to go about it the wrong way, and and we are we are going about it the wrong way. <clears throat> when you when you when you speak, you are transmitting. When you have a thought, which is really binary code, computer binary code, you are transmitting that to the quantum field. So, in other words, everything in the quantum field or everything that has access to the quantum field will hear what you are saying in some capacity. The problem with what we have at the moment is the prison of religion of what we've been taught is religion because what religion is doing is putting a canopy between you and the central processing unit and it is saying that you can only get to that through us which is not correct so when you get to a certain level of existence when you get to a certain level of understanding of reality you realize that the gods of, of the past are irrelevant they are of no relevance whatsoever the yahweh jehovah whoever they are not relevant what relevant are they to me none whatsoever they are the creation of man now there are rituals that are done underground that create astral entities now these are the kinds of gods that we are being programmed to worship so what i would say is everything that you could ever possibly need is within you you are the temple you are everything you are the ultimate connection to all that is you don't need to pray to a god because they're not coming to rescue you. You know, the, the, the ancient philosophy is know thyself. You know, the, the answer to any mystery is within the mystery itself. If you wish to understand the universe, if you wish to understand the ocean, if you wish to understand nature, you must understand man. You must understand yourself because you are each and every one of those things. And when you do understand yourself, then you will see yourself for what you really are, which is a bottle-sized ultimate creation. You're not going to get that through worshipping fake gods who have no relevance to you other than to try and demand your focus away from where you should be going. Very well said. Um, I, there's, I mean, we could do like five hours of conversation with you. <laughs> but I have a question. Um, <clears throat> you said, how is 9-11 related to the Book of Revelation? 9-11 is, is connected to Christ. Christ is connected is connected to the uh, the Great Pyramid because the Great Pyramid is Christ, because it represents the divine mind on Earth. So when you look at nine eleven, when you look at star codes, when you look at astronomy, which was the original science, the observation of man originally was the stars. So master means the measure of stars and so on. When you look at the movements of the stars, when you look at Spicer, which is a uh, one of the stars of Virgo. When you look at when the sun enters the abdomen of Virgo, the virgin, the sun, the birth, it is 9-11, it is the, the, the 11th of September. So we have the true astral birth date of Christ as the 9th of, of the 11th of September, 9-11. So we have connection to the 9-11 incident. We have connection to the Christ. The Twin Towers are the two witnesses, Gemini, and it's the destruction of the two witnesses that make way for the two false prophets which is the Antichrist and basically the Pope, the head of the Vatican, the head of the religion. So it, the, the whole of the 9-11 of the terrorist incident, so-called terrorist incident, was mm -hmm. a, a biblical scene 
but but 9-11 is, is connected to Christ. Revelation just means to reveal, to reveal knowledge. And the, the book of Revelation is what is hidden within the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls, the, the, the only part of the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found in the Qumran Caves, that the, the, the Church of Rome didn't manipulate, were parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls that were taken back to Scotland by the Knights Templars. I have located where they have hidden them, which is in Roslyn Chapel in Scotland. And I've done that by taking a map overlay of Scotland with the Star of David, putting that over the ground layout of Roslyn Chapel, and it marks the spot where they've hidden the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, the Dead Sea Scrolls would bring down the church. Mm -hmm. That is that because the, the 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 foundation of the church, the existence of the church, is based upon the Christ story and the resurrection of Christ story. There's one thing that is striking about the Dead Sea Scrolls that are hidden in Roslyn Chapel. They were written by Jewish mystics at the time that Christ allegedly walked the earth. There's one person that is not mentioned anywhere in our scrolls. It's Christ, because Christ is a metaphor for a divine mind. So it's not an individual man. It is the divine mind and the, the divine mind potential of every single person on earth. And that is that is replicated by the Great Pyramid, which when you put a mat, mat, map overlay of the human head, which I've done, over the Great Pyramid, the likes of the Queen's Chamber and the King's Chamber, etc., mark the exact location of the pineal gland, the pituitary gland and the thalamus. They're talking about the divine mind through the endocrine system of the brain. So the Great Pyramid is Christ. Mm. And all that from a United Kingdom police officer, isn't that something? You know, <laughs> let me ask you this then, you know, when you take a look at, um, you know, for example, people getting abducted right now, you know, I'm going to kind of reference that. So number one is why are people, are, are they getting abducted for real? Is that a real, a real phenomenon that's happening or is it a state of consciousness that's maybe being experienced? And if so, they are getting abducted. Have you got any sense, uh, Michael, that you can share with us as far as what the purpose is of their abduction? What is, what is trying to be uncovered? It is a real phenomenon. Some of it is military experiments. Some of it is rogue extraterrestrials who are working above government with these military outlets. When you look at what is the soul, the soul is a quantum entity. Anything that is quantum has a vibration, has a frequency, has its own unique twist. So the soul, which is a quantum entity, is unique. It is unique to you as your fingerprint is unique to you. The, the problem with having a unique soul with a unique frequency is that you can be traced. So if you look at some of these extraterrestrials who are tracing people largely from the, the astral realm, they know how to find their guinea pigs by the frequency of the soul, the quantum entity of the soul. When you look at the likes of the greys who are very, very scientific, they are, they are geneticists. They are, they really are, Geneticists. Now, when you start looking at that human DNA was programmed beyond Earth, when you look at the fact that human, the human body was created outside of Earth, there's a lot of language inside DNA. It is, it is a three billion letter code, just our genetics, and that doesn't include so-called junk DNA. So if you wish to crack the mystery, if you wish to crack the genetics of really an advanced race, which humanity really is, when when you remove mm -hmm. away all the all the conditioning and everything else, we are advanced genetically. We are advanced consciously. We are advanced in our design. If they want to get to understand that and program that and mimic that, then the best thing to do is through the, the language that is written within genetics. The languages that we speak, verbal languages that we speak, are really genetic languages. And when you look at gene pools, gene pools are slightly different. So you have you know, Chinese-appearing people, Japanese, Nordic-looking people, Hispanic-looking people, American-English. All we, we all look slightly different because of our gene pool. And that gene pool was programmed elsewhere. So when we are created in the mother's womb, the Holy Grail, then our programs, how, 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 does, how does our genetics know that it needs to be a thumb or a little finger or a head or a nose because it's programmed. It is programmed with that information before it gets to you. So is there, any sense, is there any sense then of reincarnation then? Is that a real thing that we're actually coming back and, you know, just are we taken back into the source or something and just say, okay, let's tweak you up a little bit and make you look better for this lifetime and off you go now. 
Is, is it is it like that? I have I have a problem with certain aspects of the reincarnation story. When when you look in in the New Age arena, that they tell you that you come back to Earth with complete amnesia of any previous incarnations in order to learn from what you did wrong last time. But how can you do that if you have no memory of what you did last exactly. time? Exactly. Yeah. So so for me, I have a problem with that logic because it's not logic. For for me, the before anything is brought into manifestation, into creation, you have to think about it first. It is a thought. Now, when you think of something, it becomes a controlled Big Bang. Now, that controlled Big Bang is the, the trillions of fragmented pieces of the central one that I, that I spoke about earlier. Now, that exploded outwards from a thought. You know, I, I, I wish to be what I imagine myself to be. I wish to experience because from nothing, from nothing, from black noise, which is silence, comes everything. And when you start looking at time, when you start looking at energy, it has a mathematical formula, which is really T equals zero, and, and or E equals zero, which is energy is zero and time is zero at the point of the Big Bang. Now, that all expanded outwards in order for this 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 creator to transmit back information back to itself and that is what we are and if the 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 parts of the universe that we cannot see are the same as the parts of the universe that we can see then there are lots of different the replicas of ourself in the universe so we it won't be ourself it'll be a a replica of ourself mm-hmm. now i mean for argument's sake you know just 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 get any any solid matter that you believe is solid you know take a banana out of the fruit bowl what we can't see is that 15 times every second the surface of that banana creates a flash of light so that flash of light is antimatter antimatter gives you your parallel universes gives you all of these parallel existences and this is happening 15 times every second from the surface of matter so we have lots and lots of things going on, branching different replicas of ourselves. We are here to experience feedback information until every single possible outcome has been experienced. How can you be perfect if you've never experienced? Mm-hmm. You know, so so we, we and if, if that involves coming back, reincarnation, then yes. But I don't get the the amnesia part of that. You know that that I makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, there there's something definitely about that. I'm not I don't necessarily have gotten a clear picture on. I, I appreciate your insight on that. And uh, you know, listen, before you love and leave us, I wanna I wanna ask you one last question: Is is there anything symbolic about the United Kingdom or England England where there are more of these types of experiences you hear that you're experiencing than here than we would necessarily hear about here in the United States? The happening. They're happening. All around us, all the time, regardless of where you are. You know, when, when I've when I visited the United States to do talks, there's been UFOs outside my window. There's been shadow people standing in my hotel room. It it doesn't matter where you are. These these things are happening all around us, but they're happening at a slightly different frequency to what we normally operate under. We never, as humans, never see the outside world. What we see is one probable outcome. Now, our five senses, the five wounds of Christ, feed off the 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 waves of the universe. It feeds that data back to the brain, which then creates a familiar world based on memory. This yeah. is what happened last time. So this what so we never see the outside world. When we look at a distant object, that object is really on the surface of the retina of the eye. Now, when you slightly change Einstein's E equals MC squared to E equals O C squared, it's the deletion of distance. There is no distance in the universe. So is anything about English England that is special? The only difference is England has a lot of history. England mm-hmm. has a lot of, of, of warlike history of invasion, of invading other countries, having, having everywhere invade our, ourselves, the Romans, the Vikings. The, there's lots and lots of history in England. That's, uh, some of the castles that we have in England are older than the United States of America. So yeah. it, 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 it is special in that way. But in terms of the paranormal, what we deem to be paranormal, it's, it's just okay. normal. Really. Okay. It's, it's, right. not, it's just a label that we give it. It's happening everywhere around each and every one of us. But, you know, for those who haven't tuned into the frequency of this radio show, they, they won't get to see it or hear it. If they were to tune into it, then they will visually see or, and, and audibly hear what we are saying. So everything is happening all around us in the quantum field. 
it's just that we don't take a glimpse of it because we're operating at a different frequency most of the time. Okay, right on. Um, Michael Feely, it's uh, been a privilege to get to meet you and, you know, and thank you for getting in so much for us in such a little time. I appreciate you helping make sense. Uh, definitely would love to have you back. Can you give us uh, our audience, please, an experience of what you'd like for people to get when they go to michael-feely.com? If they go to my website, they will, they will get lots of opportunities to speak to me one-on-one. -on -one. They will see lots and lots of blogs and articles that I've written. They will see announcements as to what events that I have coming up. Uh, I've been invited to, to Florida in October and to Egypt in December. So all of these kind of things will be will be on the website. And they can sign up to, to my weekly newsletters where this kind of information is discussed uh, on a weekly basis. So they, they can find a multitude of avenues, a multitude of highways to, to get to to, to, to one place in effect, which is the return to singularity. All right, right on, right on. Wonderful. Michael Feely, everybody. Thank you so yeah, thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. We hope this brought you value and some inspiration on your journey called life, and we will see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And together we are turning the universal key to global harmony and creating a unified world. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Many blessings. like to share a story while it may sound fictional it's very real and happening right now in front of our very eyes it's called the great awakening our sisters and brothers that come on spiritually raw are doing everything to help expand global consciousness and in many cases putting everything on the line to share their messages about what's happening around the world for the greater good of humanity while exposing the truth of the deep state and the dark forces behind it all we are living in the most unbelievable times. Some may even say biblical, scary for many and yet exhilarating for others. Together we are taking part in getting everyone acclimated to the great awakening process and the exciting new discoveries that lie ahead. The sad part is many of our amazing guests are being heavily censored, socially shamed and outright banned on many platforms for exposing the truth and piercing the veil. By becoming a viewer, you bring your powerful energy towards this global movement of other truth seekers. If you're resonating with our show, please let us know by hitting the like button, sharing, subscribing, turn on the notification, and leave some comments. Together, we will turn the universal key to global harmony and create a unified world. And remember, tune in often, tell all your friends, and most importantly, may all your dreams come true. Thanks and God bless patriots worldwide.